If you've had a rough relationship with your mom and you feel the echoes of that in all of your relationships with other people now, including things like conflict avoidance or people pleasing, this clip is for you. Hey, Adele Wong, and welcome to the podcast where we explore all things around purpose, consciousness, awareness, and everything you need to live a fulfilling life and livelihood. In a previous clip, I talked about the three dances that people need to master in order to create the best relationships in this life, whether it be friends or intimate partnership. And I described that the first dance was the one with the mama dog and puppies. And I think we can all agree that part of the role of that first dance when mom is nursing puppies is that she nourishes them with her energy. She protects them because the puppies are completely um, helpless without her. And that's similar with people. You know, a baby is very dependent on their mother for nourishment, for protection, for a sense of safety in the world. And that has been commonly um, looked to as, if we had that, then shouldn't all of our relationships in adulthood be good, right? If I'd had my mom um, give me the support and nourishment that I needed when I was a young pup and I was suckling on her, then surely by now, as an adult, I would feel confident, um, a sense of self, and able to take on the world. And there's a piece of the mama-dog-puppy dance that I think is sorely lacking. Um, and even in a lot of therapy discussions, because there's a, there's a kind of a part B of the mama-dog-puppy-dog dance. We know that the puppy is suckling from mom. And as children, we all do that with our parents energetically. But at a certain point, when puppies start to develop teeth and they start gnawing on mom, mom instinctively pushes them away because it hurts. And by then, they are able to to find their own mobility and move on to the second dance, which is um, tussling with their peers. But part of that pushback also includes that the puppy might snarl at mom, might poke at mom, might even attack mom, because that's the way the puppy um, is used to engaging with a caregiver. And in a perfect world, Mama dog is able to withstand that type of poking, provocation, uh, snarling, arguing. Because mama dog has enough energy to realize that, oh, you know, you're, you're just poking at me. That's what puppies do with me and with your peers. You're finding your own teeth. You're finding your own body. And part of that dance is to be able to push out into the world, not only with your peers, but also with mom. And I invite you to think back on your own life. How were you when you pushed back at mom or, or whoever your caregiver was? That, that natural dance in a young person's development, whether it's to say no or, or a disagreement 
or maybe provoking, or maybe having a fit of anger. How was that received? How was that dance of poking in to mama dog or your caregiver? Was it, was it received with a big slap and um, cutting you off at the knees? Or was there an ability to engage with you such that you're, you're tussling with mom just like a puppy might annoy mama dog? And mama dog knows this puppy is not literally trying to kill me. This puppy will not literally do me in the way it's snarling at me because it's a puppy. And this dance of pushing back against authority is so important because that's the only way you find your voice so that you can engage. You know, this this dance, I would call it dance, the first dance part B of pushing back is the piece that's often missing when people struggle with people pleasing and with authority. And that's why there's often trouble moving into the third dance with the, the dance of out there in the world, you're no longer pushing against mom, but how are you with elders? Do you have a sense that you can receive support from them and that you can push back at them, and yet there's a sense of they are the elder? This pushing into mom, it's an energetic dance that mom has enough of an energetic bubble around her to protect her. So when the puppy says, I hate you, I want to run away. That mom doesn't get devastated or hysterical or run to someone saying, there's something wrong with my puppy. Tell her to shut up. That that's natural. If this dance wasn't encouraged and people were instead entrained to be nice and polite, they never find the comfort level in pushing back on someone. They spend a lot of energy controlling and containing this impulse. But that impulse is what you need to go out in the world and make things happen, to go after what you want. It's an outgoing energy. Instead, people end up feeling like they're sitting on their hands for much of their life, trying to not make waves. Or they they feel shame for snarling. Well, a snarl from a puppy's point of view, is a natural impulse. Something has gone wrong. You're stealing my food, my boundary, whatever. And that's nature's way of making sure that animals stay safe. But if that puppy was never allowed to snarl and you have a mom who either loses it and goes hysterical or cuts off the puppy at the knees and saying, you're not allowed to ever snarl at me again, the puppy has lost an important mechanism for going out in the world. It's an outward energy of pushing back on what I want. And people who have not been able to do this dance spend their lives sitting on their hands, being very polite, afraid to make waves, and secretly feeling, like many of my clients have before they come see me, they feel like their life is passing them by. Can you relate? It's a feeling that time is passing by and I'm waiting for my moment. And this is when people can get a little bit spiritually um, 
confused or there's a sense of, I'm waiting for the right moment. I'm waiting, waiting for the right time. When in reality, that feeling of waiting is kind of a, a dressed up sense of ego, a frightened ego, that it sounds good that I'm waiting for my moment. When in reality, we all know that all we have is now. We have the moment. Are there times that are more convenient? Perhaps. But this idea that someday the seas will part and you will be coaxed and invited forward, that is a a very childlike hope. And it's understandable. If you've never been encouraged to push back against a mom, a dog, just like you can push back out into the world with whatever it is that you're wanting to go after, or a boss makes an unreasonable demand, a friend says something that upsets you, that pushback is imperative, not from the point of being a destructive force in the world, but taking a stand so that you have your own space on planet Earth. I see a lot of clients that have been trying to nice their way through much of their life. And when they feel the impulse to push back and they sit on their hands because they, they've tried to not show that, it builds and builds and builds. And one day, it, it just blows, uh, whether that be an unexpressed anger or rage in some way, because that energy will not be denied The idea that your impulse to push back against the world somehow evaporated, that's simply not true. A lot of people pleasers simply have trouble accessing it. If that impulse was really missing from your body and your awareness, then people pleasing wouldn't bother you. You'd say, this is great. But I think most people know it's an adaptative behavior. Even if you don't mind it, notice in your body if there's a gnawing sense of, oh my God, you know, is this all there is? When is it going to be my turn? When am I going to have my moment when people are giving unto me, when I'm doing everything to pour into others? So that impulse, that push out into the world is essential for you to build the relationships you want, attract the livelihood and money or prosperity you want. Because it's the energy of going out and getting things done the way you want, rather than one of waiting to be invited and sitting on your hands and feeling like time is passing by and you're waiting for your moment. Can you feel this into your body? So if you've had a rough relationship with your mom, I'll bet there is a piece of this you can relate to that she would not tolerate any sort of disagreement or any sort of um, arguing that in a sense, this has some some pieces that are left over from our um, colonialism heritage on how people should be, that has left people very conflict avoidant. Not, there's a sense that Conflict may not be easy, but the number of people who are literally terrified about it, immobilized, paralyzed, unable to function, that that, that sense of um, fight-flight shuts people down 
on a level that is beyond the actual degree of the disagreement. Meaning, one analogy I use with all my clients is, it's totally fine to be afraid of tigers, because a tiger could eat you. But if you're afraid of a tiger sitting in your kitchen, and you're, you're worried that a tiger could be out there circling the house, and that keeps you from doing anything, because you're terrified, well, then we can agree that maybe some of this natural fear of tiger has, you know, gone overboard. And that's what I see with a lot of people who are afraid to push out. The dread of it greatly exceeds the actual experience of it. And the feeling of, I shouldn't want that. The shame, let me sit on my hands and be a little bit more polite, a little bit more accommodating, more, some people uh, throw everything they've got into the powers of um, being agreeable, um, persuasive, and those are useful, but nothing beats the ability to push back and say no, or this is what I want, and to have your feet on the ground firmly on terra, terra firma and you're not moving. In fact, that power is a sight to behold, and it's very attractive to those around you, because even if they don't agree with you, they have a sense of who you are. Even if they don't agree with you, there's a sense of respect, perhaps, or I know where this person is. And with many people, there's this idea that if I just sort of disappear and be agreeable, my relationships will be better. It's uh, counterintuitive. Everybody wants to know, who, who are you? What do you stand for? What are you saying no to? Given the state of the world right now, we need a lot more people who are curious about the power of pushing back. And of course, then we can get skilled at how to do it. It doesn't have to be a knockdown, bloody mess that has one person bleeding out on the ground. But feel into your body. It is definitely a push back energy to mom. Mom wants me to eat pears and I don't want them. And I'm going to say no. And hopefully, if you had a mom who was paying attention, she would say, oh, you don't like pears? Okay, I saw that. Let me give you applesauce instead. That she noticed that. But if she didn't, and she just said, oh, come on, come on, come on, eat this. It'll make mommy happy. And you choked down pears, even though you didn't want them. That sets the stage of being unable to say no for a long time to make mom happy. At some point, being able to say, no, I don't want pears. I want applesauce instead. That pushback is what many people are working on. It's what I specialize in. There are ways to do that that are a lot more effective than more um, affirmations or talking about things through standard therapies tends to take a long time. There are ways that are much more effective. Um, And my experience has been when clients do things from a more energetic and embodied standpoint, you get results a lot easier, faster, less scary, and more effective. So have a think about how it was for you when you pushed back to mom. Were you 
given the wrath of mom for doing so? Was there an appropriate pushback to you, for example? You know, it's not a good idea to stick a fork in the wall socket, even though you thought it would be a grand old idea. Someone pushed back to you and say no. And maybe you threw a tantrum, but that would be an appropriate push-pull dynamic with mom. Or were you just knocked over the head unconscious for even thinking of doing so? So, I hope this is useful, gives you food for thought. The dance with mom is not always being nurtured. It's the ability to push back and have her maybe push back onto you to say, no, you can't put, push the fork into the wall socket. And curfew is 10 o'clock. No matter what you say, you can scream, but I want you in the house at 10 o'clock. So there's a, there's a push-pull with mom. And many of my clients just never experience how to push. So as usual, if you've, if you've enjoyed this episode, Share this with your friends who might be working on things like boundary, being able to say no, working on people-pleasing. Um, if you found this useful, subscribe to the channel. I'll be sharing more things like this, as, as well as case studies and interviews with other people who I think have something very fresh to say on things like psychology, what's going on on the planet with humans right now. And until next time, rock on. <laughs>